from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Expedia employees were talking about how these bathroom spy cams, they weren't even aware of the fact that there was an investigation going on. Teammates put peanuts in an allergenic student's locker. That's fairly unusual to do. Teenagers bullying one another? I've never heard of such a thing. But you know what's not unusual? Mr. John... I'd like to think of myself as an as an unusual individual. You most certainly are, John, especially when you drink before you come on air. Then you're most definitely very unusual. <laughs> Something to kind of cut the nerves. Got to get a little bit of the old uh, grandpa's old cough medicine in you before you talk about contemporary <laughs> politics. Liquid courage, we call it. Yeah. yeah. So, John, I, I, you know, yes. you, you and I have talked about a great many things. You and I have debated yeah. philosophic ideas. What is justice? Mm. You have been my proverbial mm. glaucon in many different circumstances. John <laughs> oh, chastised wow, me go. over the weekend for using too many. Uh, <laughs> too many. Yeah, <laughs> I had a blow punked in a car I had once. It sounded great. <laughs> John chastised me for being too uh, obtuse with my references. Yes. Yes, he said. Very uh, much so. He said it's you're something of a seer in so many ways with your deep cut references, and he told me not to do mm-hmm. it anymore. So, uh, but John, what, I mean, you and I have never talked about George Soros and how mm. you feel about George Soros and whether or not you're one of these quote unquote George Soros DA backed type of people because he just bought 220 U.S. radio stations. He bought a bunch from Audacity, right? Because they are Odyssey. Odyssey. Thank Sorry, you. Freudian slip. <laughs> a bit of a Freudian <laughs> slip right there. So they, he bought about 40% of their debt uh, for about $400 million, and everybody's losing their minds over it because he bought them with the idea of potentially influencing the election. But that's no. what, right? I mean, come on. This is like... This is George Soros conspiracy to the max. But, John, I ask you, is the level hit? Well, he, so it was so Odyssey had a whole bunch of problems, right? They joined with CBS. The stock was trading. I don't know where it was, maybe 20 bucks or 10 bucks or something. It was at two dollars. It's dropped. They're no longer to be able to late to trade. Uh, I think we were on NASDAQ. I think that's where they were. Or the Dow. I can't remember who had them. Now they have to do over the counter. The stock is trading almost below a dollar. So he's swept in there and thought, you know, this stock has still got some legitimate legs. So he goes and buys it because he wants to make more money so that he can continue to fund uh, prosecutors that let criminals go. But I, I think he bought this primarily not to influence. I think he saw this as a good buy. So he got in. Yeah, I, I, think to, I think he's trying to save some jobs. No, 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 he didn't care about saving. You don't think he's going to keep the make some- he, Did he buy him to, to make sure the Odyssey stations stay on the air? I don't well, he didn't buy them. He didn't buy them when it was two dollars and thirty cents. He waited to goes into bankruptcy. Odyssey has said, "Listen, we're going to be able to get a fifty-seven million dollar loan uh, that's going to protect us from creditors, and we're going to be able to keep everybody." CBS just laid off a whole bunch of people, but Odyssey said they're going to be able to keep people because local radio has a different reach mm-hmm. and a different connection and relationship to its listeners. I looked it up to see how Odyssey does. There's a media bias website you can go f- go to, and they uh, fact check everything. Thing. And they come out as a least bias, um, high reporting, most, very factual. So they do pretty well. I don't think you're going to get George Soros to come in there and all of a sudden start slanting this stuff or the listeners will go away and the, the value of the stock will drop even more. Do you think that George Soros hates Donald Trump and wants to put in prosecutors to destroy the United States? 
I think he hates Donald Trump, and yes, he does back prosecutors, but prosecutors <laughs> normally run unopposed, right, but, and he like, puts money in behind them. And yeah, look at the people that he supports and look at their track record as to how crime is in the city that is supported by George Soros donations. But, but if, I know, put, pay- if I put money into a pack, right, and then that yeah. pack gets distributed uh, without my knowledge, because that's, right, that's illegal for me to know who exactly that money is going to, but if I put money into a pack and then that money gets distributed... Is that me backing certain prosecutors? Well, you do know where the money's going. You put the money into the pack. It's the candidate is not allowed to know who's donating. Okay. That's a lie, but they know where it's coming from. But that, you that's know. Because you can't max yeah. out. So you max out at 2500 whatever the total amount you can max out as. A couple can max out a certain amount. But you say, I want to give you more money. I want to give a million dollars. I want to be able to give, you know, $10 million. Well, then give it to a pack, and then the pack you know, goes and gives it to a particular candidate. But are you one of these people, though, who thinks that he intentionally puts these prosecutors in to destroy the United States? Uh, I don't think he necessarily enjoys capitalism as as much as one might expect. Well, a man but- who just spent $400 million doesn't like capitalism, John? This is an amazing revelation, sir. Wow. <laughs> well, I can't believe we're all dancing around the real issue here. What, which is what? Which is that in the 1993 Halloween party mm-hmm. at Mar-a-Lago, oh. George Soros oh. was dressed as Jabba the Hutt, right. Ivana Trump as Princess Leia, right. and the unrequited advances of George Soros. That's why he hates Trump. And Donald Trump was dressed is Yoda. Did you know I, that? Was he? I thought he was a Boba Fett. Well, I was, oh, that makes perfect sense now. Wait, so you say, this is interesting though, John, because you and I have never talked about this. Are you saying that, so George Soros, a man who is a billionaire, hates capitalism. He doesn't like it. I think he certainly wants to make some structural changes. And if you can control, capitalism is, in its purest sense, uh, does not have government involved. In, in its purest sense, he wants to be able to work with government in order to create monopolies, in order to have his own political point of view uh, come to the top. Interesting, he's now teamed up with one of the Koch brothers that's still alive. 19, in 2019, they formed a uh, think tank in Washington. They're going to Iran and working with Iran to try to get the nuclear deal to keep going. Mm-hmm. Koch likes this because of the stuff Koch wants to sell to Iran. So there's an example of how you get big, huge businesses working with governments together to create carve-outs to benefit them and them only. Don't the Koch brothers, they, they back Republicans, though, right? Primarily, they're more libertarian than anything yeah, else. One, yeah, of them, yeah. one, of them has, one of them has passed away. Are they still in the candy business, too? They make those everlasting vote stoppers? <laughs> you only need That's one? <laughs> you suck on it once for the rest of your life, you never vote good, again? Yeah. Well, then there's the Wilkes yeah. brothers, the, the fracking billionaires, and they dump a ton of money into conservative media. And so yeah, I, yeah. What, I think it's very interesting that people have this, this standard where they say we got to get big money out of politics, but then if you trace the money back, to to your favorite commentators, a lot of them have direct ties to billionaires who want them to have a very particular agenda. Let us just say climate change or want them to have a very particular agenda when it comes to whatever it might be. Right. And mm-hmm. so, so I, energy independence for a second. I just I yeah. just think that the, it's sad to me to see the amount of hate that George Soros gets, John, because it's I think that a lot of people take a guy who has been he's he knows how to work the market and he knows how to work the system and they begin to extrapolate out until he's a lizard person from another planet that's based on his appearance <laughs> if he looked like gavin well, did newsom you, did you see his son speak at davos and and what they intend to do that's the I, one with the I eye patch invited. right 
that be <laughs> no yeah right there. Exactly. some of the eye patch what yeah he's yeah. the one that tried to poison james bond yeah he's the one he's, he's petting uh, an all-white cat yeah, oh, i remember right? him i remember him and he's saying no i don't expect you to talk i expect you to expect die you to buy, mr bond yeah exactly so all right well so john this story about it is coming out of expedia about mm. this this person who was peeking on other people in the bathrooms we've talked about it a couple of times since the story broke about this guy mounting cameras it's gross. It, no one's in favor of this. Obviously, this person needs... <laughs> no one's in favor, in favor of, of it. Of well, 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 hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Thank I, you I will, for clarifying. I will say this. When, when this story broke with, earlier in the week... Jack had a really um, empathetic and humane point of view that this is this is a guy who really needs help. I'm sure. What, you know what? Let me retract that statement. There might be one or two people out there that are in favor of this, mm. right? Just to be totally fair to everybody. Fair, fair there, enough. Right? We want to cover our base. So, uh-huh. but I, John, I, have you ever witnessed anybody engaging in meaning witnessed? Have Have you ever been at some media thing where somebody was getting harassed, or have you ever had? Do you have a story involving? Because I have never in my life had a circumstance. Where one of my coworkers was uncovered to be basically a sexual deviant or a pervert in the workplace. Laura's making a face right now, like she is in severe pain. I'm imagining that happening, and yeah, ugh. like could you imagine ugh. if just like out of nowhere, all of a sudden we find out that employee Y that we all see every day is a deviant and a pervert? It would be weird. And I'm just curious, John, have you ever experienced this? Have you ever seen anybody like that? There was a guy that used to work at a particular television station, and when people would people uh, would leave. They're always amazed at this particular employee that liked to work long hours. Uh, wow, he is. I think they gave him like, you know, employee of the month or something. He used the editing booth to uh, edit uh, pornographic movies uh, that, by the way, he was shooting with a bunch of other people <laughs> on people's desks at the TV station. I shouldn't laugh. And it, and it included uh, sort of scatological yeah. Really? So then, yeah. So people came into work and they, when they found the tapes and they caught the guy, then people were like, oh my God, that's, that's my, my desk. desk. That's my wow. desk. That's my stapler. And that's why, right. that's why I don't watch King Five anymore. That's <laughs> no! why. Oh, it's the only station I know that John used to work for, so that's where oh, that joke yeah. comes from. I've heard of many. What do you think about the, the fact that the employees at Expedia found out about this in the news, that this thing was going on? Yeah. Well, yeah, the investor, isn't it weird when you read the, the, on, at MyNorthwest.com that, that they saw the thing, but then they didn't take it out? It was strangely placed. It was placed under the sink. Yeah. Which is like, what are you, you're seeing basically most people go in, use the bathroom, and not use the sink. Um, but <laughs> Maybe that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> right. It, it, the interesting thing is you, you can buy an app. I have one on my phone that can tell you if there's uh, hidden cameras anywhere. You can also, really, really simple thing you can do is just simply turn your phone on, turn the light on, and then uh, slowly move it around. It, it will be able to pick up. Um, it'll take, it'll see, you'll be able to see red light. The, the lens. You can't normally, yeah, yeah. You, really? you'll be able to see it. Yeah, with your because your camera is uh, able to, Pick up those infrared ray right okay. light that your so, eye can't see. So, so if, if you, just you to check it out, it, yeah. is a really simple way to do it. Is you open your phone app yep. and then you turn yep. on the flash, and right. if you go yes. around, you will be able it to will see highlight a camera. 
Well, you'll be able to see the aperture opening in the camera. Wow. Because but, you it's know, red. it's one of these things. I wouldn't want to go into a bathroom and watch some guy turn on his camera and start moving it around the room <laughs> while I'm over there. Be, you're like, no, no, I'm just looking for cameras. Just, just keeping it all, keeping us all safe. The only, the, yeah. the one workplace thing that I saw somebody really melt down that was totally unexpected. I would have never thought about it from this guy is when I worked at a movie theater. I was, uh, it was my first foray into the movie business. Uh, where I was basically an usher and, yeah. a, and a candy guy. And there was this guy that we worked with. He was a very gentle, very soft-spoken, tall, Asian hipster guy. And he was the kind of guy that wore a beanie behind the counter because he thought it was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And at one point in time, he got an eviction notice on the phone at work from his landlord. And he proceeded to then go, you know how they have the, the poster where they put the movie posters yeah. behind the glass? Yeah. He proceeded to go up to 20 of those and put his fist through it, meaning mm. every single one all oh, the wow. way down the aisle in the movie theater. And then he wa- showcases, walked yeah. down to the next showcase, walked down to the mm. next one. And I just stood there watching because it was this surreal moment where I was thinking to myself, this is a guy who is he, he's so gentle and so quiet. Sometimes you ask you have to ask him to speak up to say something. Right. Everybody likes him. He everybody enjoys his company, and now I'm watching him with his bare fist destroy property that's not his. And now I'm watching him get arrested for destruction of property. And it was the most mm. bizarre yeah. happening. And so I always have this kind of thing in my mind of basically anybody that I work with could snap at any point in time, everybody which is why I'm, with their own issues. That's yeah. why I'm so nice to everybody all the time. Because if they snap, mm. it's not going to be at me. Which is why I'm <laughs> nice to John all the time because he's the most likely to go over the edge, right, John? I, I have, I've lost my temper a number of times and uh, destroyed some property. Yeah, at, at a workplace. Hmm. Well, it was like a stapler. What you brought was it like? Because when you're on the roids, when you have things in your hands, you just want to snap them. Snap them. I know yeah. this from personal experience. But I took a golf club and destroyed <laughs> the conference table. <laughs> Why did you? Wow. Do this? Why, John? Well, I not destroyed it. I just smashed up one corner of it a but, little bit. But but for why, my friend? That's just a series of things that had occurred, and then finally, I just you know lost it. But I was trying, you know, to my defense, I was training. I wasn't eating right. I was, you know, blood sugar, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. Yeah, but when you don't win an Emmy, you get a little You get a little upset. But, John, I mean, I have blood sugar moments. I get upset from time to time. And normally what happens is I turn off my mic and I glare at Spike. And then when the commercial comes up, I walk out of the studio and then I yell at everybody in the newsroom. And then I walk back in and apologize to everybody. That's a that's a that's a, a far cry away from yeah. get me my nine iron. I'm going into the conference room, right? Okay, you listen. He asked me. I told you. That's, okay, I mean, it was very it's not very, behavior yeah. that I'm proud Spike, of. It's a vulnerable moment. You ever right lose there. it in the? I broke that door that you guys. You know the door we go in and out of the studio. Yeah. And I wasn't mad. I went to push the door open. I kind of a mule kicked it and ended up breaking the glass. And then they took me in the human re. No, did you do this out of anger? I was like, no, no, no. Wait, John, that's reinforced soundproof glass. Did you, I don't think a bullet could go through that glass, John. How did you? Not, not anymore. <laughs> Wait, but John, how do you? I don't think I could. Fiz, I think if I picked up this office chair and I threw it at that door, go ask Vern or somebody else. They had to fix it. I didn't. I didn't intentionally. I was carrying two uh, two cups of coffee and I couldn't get the door, so I put my back to the door. And I went bang, and I kicked the door open, and 
I shattered the glass. Remember that, Andrew? Were you there for that? Andrew's uh, Andrew's doing oh, something else right uh, now. Wyatt's in there, but he doesn't know. He's yeah, Wyatt's in Wyatt, Wyatt. Yeah, Wyatt is just... Wyatt, but the look of fear in Wyatt's look face. Fear, he, you're yeah. going to have the tightest run ship at 3 o'clock today, Andrew, John, in history. what happened when John... Did John Hulk kick the door and smash it? Is that what happened? Andrew? I don't remember. Do you remember that. that? No, you don't remember that. Okay, I guess Chaz was running at the board at the time, but and so I got another job offer. This is after I left King, and the guy at the station was like, "Well, I'm going to ask you. I hear you're kind of a hothead." I was like, "No, no." Come on, it's East Coast, it's East Coast West Coast. You know, well, you're yeah. and then you're over. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the thing I've noticed about John. You and I've talked about this before. East Coast is very. I'm explosively angry, and then I apologize, and then we move on. We never talk about it again. Mm-hmm. West Coast is is I am passive aggressive for five years, and then I finally <laughs> explode. Right, right. And then we yeah. and then we have to talk about it in therapy. And we have to get HR involved. Right. There's got to be. We have to journal about it. We there, have there's to. There's a sixth mm-hmm. thing course we have to take online about our hostility management right yeah right yeah it's exactly. a term i had never heard <laughs> i came here in 94 i'd never heard this is not a term anyone has ever uttered on the east coast oh why don't you tell us tell us how you really feel about it that one and the other one was let's just agree to disagree i mean that what no, I don't want to agree to disagree. I want to keep yelling at you with a thick Philadelphia accent. Right. Like, what are you talking about? And then you get called. Yeah, you need to, you can't do that. You need to, you have to be sensitive to the West Coast culture. Well, why don't you be sensitive to the East Coast culture? Let me scream at you for a little while. Because you guys aren't sensitive. Well, okay. No, you know what? Because some people are too sensitive. Right. I'm right. Not, does it just get over it? I'm like, bang, and then you move on. It's like, what do you harbor all this stuff? So Billy Sunshine and I at one point in time were arguing on the phone and. And it was just a, it was a very East Coast. You're being a jerk. No, you're being a jerk. No, you're. It was just that. And so it keeps getting angry, angrier and angrier. And, angrier. Yeah. Yeah. and finally, I hang up on him. And Sarah says to me, she goes, "Are you guys okay?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll call him back in 15 minutes." Like we were at the point of screaming at each other. I hang up on him. Yeah. I go. Here's, here's the thing. Tom and I used to argue. Yeah. But Tom and I came from families with brothers. And here's the general rule: people say, "How you guys get along? You guys bash away, and then you make a joke and you move on." I said, "Because when you have a brother, if you have a brother, if you have one or not, with Spike, but when you have a brother, you you." I remember hitting my brother with the receiver of the phone in the head. <laughs> yeah. And then two minutes later, we're out throwing the Nerf football because somebody has to catch the Nerf football. You can't keep throwing the ball to yourself. You have to get over it. And then because who else are you going to hang around and play, you know, ring a bell basketball with and stuff. So you, you don't harbor. You just sort of, you know, put some ice on it and move on. All right, Mr. Well, very East Coast. I have a brother, John. Who's gonna say me, it's easier to yeah. kick, kick it out and get it over with than harbor. Yeah, then you go. It, yeah. It's like, oh, go ahead. Go long. Go long for the ball. Thank you so much, Mr. Curley. We appreciate your time. They covered the news on that one. I didn't need to. Bye, guys. Goodbye. The breaking breaking news was that John Curley has the strength of a a, a roided-out stallion. (laughs) A mule. A mule where he can destroy double-plated soundproof glass while balancing two coffee cups. Didn't spill a drop of either Didn't cup. spill a drop of it, oh, right? Skills. Which is why I'm a huge endorser of steroids. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. I know nothing about sports, but Spike is desperate to talk about the Mariners' spring training, so I'm going to pretend like I know Okay. them talking about sports, and we'll see if I can pass. See if I can pass muster when okay. it comes to making it up when we get back right after this.
We have a YouTube channel. I always forget to mention it, but we have one where we do digital exclusive content every day after the show that you can go and you can check out. It's the Jack and Spike Show. It's not the Cairo Radio YouTube channel because our content is too spicy. It's too... <laughs> that what it is? It's too spicy. We're renegades over here, me and Mr. O'Neill and Laura, when we go downstairs, saying things that you can't say on terrestrial... Actually, oh, no, it's, no. it's just exactly the same as a terrestrial show. You can just see our faces and we crack jokes. So check it out, Jack and Spike Show. You can comment. Uh, Laura usually responds to all the comments, and if they are not nice comments, I delete them because my ego is fragile. It's like and, a reverse text line. You yeah. delete them before I can read them. It's amazing. <laughs> so Spike desperately wanted to talk about Mariner spring training and pitchers and catchers and whatever that is for whatever game that is. I don't really care. But then there was this other story that was talking about uh, teen cornhole players. Now, I don't know what this sport is. I've never heard of this sport. But I'm going to pretend as if... I know about this sport. You're going to give me expert sports analysis Correct. for something you know nothing about. And Because this is my theory about sports talk, okay? Is it basically sports talk is you can, it's a lot like jazz. I can make it sound as if I know what I'm doing when in actuality I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? And, oh, it, sure. and it can be yeah. passable. So in the same way that H. John Benjamin sat down and played a jazz piano record, even though he had never played piano a day in his life, mm-hmm. I feel as if I can do the same with sports talk. So we're going to do a little bit of the old fake sports. I like it. Okay, so uh, there's there's a lot of uh, institutions in college sports. For mm-hmm. example, Notre Dame is mm-hmm. what you think of when you think of college football. Of course. Right? North Carolina, we think of college basketball. Every day of my well, life. Well, Winthrop College in South Carolina wants to become the uh, the legacy of college collegiate cornhole makes perfect sense to me right cornhole is a valued game that we've had in the united states for at least the inception of as a matter of fact i remember reading about george washington playing <laughs> cornhole back during the revolutionary war because it kept the soldiers warm during the winter time because of all the movement that's involved with cornhole yeah makes <laughs> sense so it makes perfect sense to me why this hallowed institution, that fine college, would adopt that game and offer scholarships for the game of corn and hole. Right. Little little known fact that the eye, hand-eye coordination developed in cornhole helped mm-hmm. Washington's troops shoot and defeat the, the British Army at Lexington and Concord. Uh, so college athletes often seek scholarships mm-hmm. to help uh, the cost of college education. Two high school seniors from Colorado, uh, Gavin Hammam, Hammond, and uh, Jackson Remnick. Uh, Jackson with an X. So you know he's a Jackson with an X. Yes. These guys are getting college money to play cornhole. Yeah. In college. Yeah. Of cornhole, course. The, the, the sport that was born on the blacktop of tailgate parties. Yeah. And frat parties. Well, but the, the thing about cornhole, though, it's a much more complex game than people give it credit for, right? How so? Well, because when you're there attempting to achieve the goal of the game, it requires both hand-eye coordination, but also an understanding of the fundamental rules of the game. And if you don't understand the said rules, there's no way you're going to be able to, to effectively execute what you need to do when you're out there on the field. We're talking about high caliber athletic prowess here. Or the strategy that these two play. And the strategy that goes into timing and momentum. Blocking with your bag. Speed. Is that, of course, bags are used in this game for things. And so you have to understand where the bag goes and how to use it appropriately in order to be successful at the game of cornhole. This makes perfect sense to anybody. Listen, Spike, I've been talking about sports for a long time. Right. Okay. Now, some people might think about cornhole in the same way they think about ping pong, but then you actually go and watch 
watch people play ping pong, high stakes, right? High intensity with the pinging and ponging, right? Right. And so, and so with cornhole, it's the same same concept all around. So, uh, as we referenced in the historical documentary uh, Forrest Gump, ping pong helped break the wall between the China and American diplomatic relations. Correct. Do you think cornhole can have that kind of effect, mending the relationship between America and China? I do. I do. I do. I think that this is more than just a sport. It's a lifestyle, first and foremost. And I'm glad to see proud American heroes stepping up to the plate and finally making cornhole scholarships available to all. Well I think done. that was a good job. Yeah. Was well that done, not Gavin good? and Jackson with an X. Well, well done. done, young man. Well done. If, if we got enough time, it is it, it is the... We can drop the ruse now, Wyatt. We can drop the ruse. Oh, oh, okay. oh, we're going to well, talk we're... about pitchers and catchers. It is spring actually has sprung in Seattle should I, Wait, should we, should, we bring the, should we bring the ruse back we, in? We may, you may need a couple minutes of, of, of musical support for your points of view here, Jack. Wyatt, bring back the, the ruse. I need to make a charade. <laughs> So, Jack, pitchers and catchers are reporting in Peoria. Of course. Now, to a lot of people, that means nothing. But to you and I, guys who live for the game. Means everything. It's the start (laughs) of spring training for the Seattle Mariners. Pitchers and catchers are reporting to the complex today and in teams across America. Of course they are. So just less than a week after the Super Bowl, this is the dead zone of sport. Mm -hmm. I feel so bad for the folks in sports radio this week. They're talking about what's your favorite golf movie of all time? Yeah, that's what they're. That's what. Well, that's because they're rookies. Because if you really understand sports the way that I understand sports, you can talk about any kind of sport, whether it's you know throwing a coin in a milk bottle so you can get a goldfish, or whether it's whatever that's going on with the Mariners. You can talk about you can talk about sports, all kinds of sports, right? Speak to the bond that is created between pitchers and catchers when they are the only guys at camp. It is before the glove guys show up. Yeah, it's a deep spiritual, emotional, psychological bond that can only be shared between two men who've been in the trenches. It's akin very much so to warriors on an ancient Roman battlefield holding up their standards, fighting off the German hordes. Do you know what I mean? I I see the relation, yeah. It's a kind of fraternal love that I dare not describe on terrestrial radio. agenda. (laughs) (laughs) It's a kind of fraternal love that exists between two. Because you have to be locked in when you're in that position. It's your catch relationship. That's the yeah. one. The, you have to be no so... players share that. It's you got to be so locked into whatever it is that's going on in that moment when yep. you're, when someone's there doing whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, the most important 60 feet, 6 inches in all of American sport. That's right what there. I always say. Yeah. That's what I always say because I've been doing this for a long time. Great. And I, the thing to look out for, though, is the most important aspect of that relationship, hard eye contact. you got to be holding eye contact Thoroughly, yeah. Throughout the entire experience of, of the thing that they're doing. Otherwise, if you break eye contact, it's kind of like when you do it with a shark. That's how they know. That's how you get. Bit. That's how they see weakness. They say in the game. Yeah. That, that's a, an old adage that I learned from an ancient Hawaiian woman, which is that you <laughs> always stare a predator directly in the eyes, and they won't bite you. But if you look away. That's when they know that you have to assert dominance in the same way that whatever these athletes are doing over wherever it is that they are are doing. (laughs) They're pitching and they're catching. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for that insight, Jack. I I see the game in an entirely different light today. I know. I I happen to be one of the best. Someone please send that to Stacey Joe Ross because that is... Someone get me Mike Salk on the phone because if anybody can do... He just texted me. He goes, that was some of the greatest sports analogy I've ever heard. Yep, yep. I knew that from Salk. Thanks, (laughs) Mike. Gotta make sure they don't poach you. I'm all nervous. Well, you know, Mike Salk and I go way back. I love Mike Salk. So, I mean, if if he needs a third chair over there at the morning show... Dial him in. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. What's missing? I'm there for it. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. 
Uh, Gin and Juice is coming back. The Snoop Dogg song that we can't play because it's so lewd, mm-hmm. but it's coming back. But is it a missed opportunity? Let's talk about it when we get back right after this. All right, so people are now capitalizing on their former fame. They're going back and they're saying, I had a hit 30 years ago. I had a hit 40 years ago. You can come back, come out with a product so that people will come and purchase good times and good vibes, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Why is it that we think that we can buy our way into feeling better is a question that I often ask myself. There's an entire industry developed to just that. I know, but what I'm, yeah, because it works. When I look at this, when I look at this story of gin and juice, it's a pre-mixed cocktail that is being released by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Now, Dr. Dre is a billionaire, just so people know. Yes, he is. And Snoop Dogg is very close. He ain't hurting to being a billionaire. Yeah. And so now, thirty years after they released Gin and Juice, mm-hmm. which is a song that I first heard, I believe I was seven years old, and it immediately resonated with my soul. Do you know what I mean? I was my mind in, on my money and money on my mind. Uh, well, I really was hit home the, for you because well, it was the, it was not only the aesthetic of it, but mm-hmm. it was they were speaking directly to me in the lifestyle that I had grown up in at seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. and I listened to the entirety of that record, the Chronic, top to bottom. Okay. It was it was basically you know how other children have nursery rhymes. Yeah. I had the chronic because gotcha. Mama J knew what was going on. And so much drama in the LBC. Yeah. Kind of hard being Jack, S-T-I-N-E. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Laura, geez. That's pretty good, right? Hidden yeah. talent. Wow. <laughs> so I find this to be, I am very much so anti-consumerist. I think mm. that it was probably better and cheaper to make your own gin and juice, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, I'm not going to fault a man for his scheme. There you go. Is the way that I feel about right? it. No, that's absolutely true. And it's uh, it's 30 years late. I'll give you that. 30 years too late. I mean, it's but, it's kind of like if Backstreet Boys came out with like a burger and it was the- Or they were selling laundry detergent. Like I see them on TV yeah. these days, right? <laughs> right? right. You see that, you've seen that ad? Right. That's yeah. tragic where the poster they starts singing. They know their singing. demo. Right. right. Well, exa- exactly. The guys like you who grew up with this and it was rebel music. Right, or, you know, the, or like the, now, the, like the Rembrandts. Remember they did the theme song to the show Friends? Like yeah, I'll if, be there if they, you, if they came out and they were like, hey, toothpaste is great. Am I right or yeah. am I right? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of sad to see people just sell out like that. Yeah, but you got to love a can with a low rider on the label and the parental advisory sticker right on the can. This yeah. Is good, it's good marketing. No, but you see, look at Spike getting all intoxicated off of this consumerist nonsense, right? Spike is immediately, he's his brain is firing, his dopamine is going off. Well, because... Because gin and juice was too hard for me, but now they've got passion fruit and, and, and apricot flavors. Right. I can handle that. I'll, I'll, I'm going to point I've something softened. out. Spike is happier in this moment looking at a product that he could potentially buy than he was at the Christmas morning breakfast was surrounded by his loved ones and his children. Spike is more animated in this moment than he was for the three hours that I was over. You know why? Because hmm. what was missing from that beautiful Christmas holiday breakfast table? Gin and juice. A can of gin and juice. A can of gin and juice. That's what should have been in my stocking, right? <laughs> Not another beard trimmer. Toenail clippers again. I, Thanks, girls. I, I just what are you trying to tell me? There's, there's th- certain purchases that people can make, which are are that are joy-inducing. Yeah, a- yeah. Adopting yeah. an animal, getting a new yeah. instrument, right? I got half a goat one summer. It was great. I got a friend of mine who crochets, right? This is And she knits beautiful sweaters and beanies wow. for people. She's really quite very talented at it, right? So the, nice. this is the kind of consumerism that I can get on board with. Cool. 
But when you have to buy a personality and you have to buy an aspect of yourself, this is the lie that we are being sold on a daily basis is that products, the brand alone can make you happy. Oh, if I only have the new Nike whatever, if I only have the new Adidas tracksuit, if I only had a gold chain and a turtleneck, then people would finally respect me. But we have to understand that these these are all illusory pursuits into happiness. These are things that are yeah. ephemeral. They go no, away. I hear you. I hear you. Real happiness is the the things that we buy for our soul. This is this is very based. And part pressure. of what the soul needs is a little gin and juice. I was going to say right this, comes right? gin. <laughs> this comes with a cool kid and gin. Right, makes you happy. Laura, is there a product out there that you feel like describes you? In a, a nutshell, product that describes me. Yeah, what's what's your brand? What what's, what's a brand? Like a turtleneck sweater. Based. Yeah. Okay. Based. Old chain turtleneck sweater. That's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wyatt, A plus today, dude. Obviously, great, fantastic job. I know you were a little nervous behind the old sticks, as we like to call them, but you did a great job today, my friend. So A plus, and uh, Nate Connors. Best yes, looking guy in the building. Yeah, Jeez, back at it again yeah. with the glasses and the partial shave, Laura yeah. Scott. A+. The middle part? You like the middle part? <laughs> I do like the middle part on, a, on an eighth of an inch of hair. So I think you a solid C plus today. Thanks. did a pretty good job Thanks, today. Pretty good average, I'm I would climbing say. Climbing up. You embarrassed me in front of John, but that's okay. Here's a quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Bit of a Freudian slip there, Mr. Uh, maybe, oh, Deep State, That's I what, know the answers. Deep State, uh-oh. Sorry. We let our <laughs> notes slip. Trial. Big Pharma tells us exactly what to say.